0: I've been writing a lot about managing sales teams and whatnot and how managing a sales team is really no different than managing a team of athletes because it's ultimately a performance-oriented thing immunity and stress and all these other things they're all part of the same bucket and and that bucket is ultimately allowing your body to be more robust and that is essentially what exercise and immunity is about what 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 kind of evidence do we have for for certain things that, that kind of promote positive behavioral
1: change hi this is sagar parikh a pain and sports medicine physician by day and a novice creative by night it's April 26th, 2020, on a relatively calm Sunday morning, in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis. While the majority of the world is engaging in different degrees of quarantine and work from home, I, along with many other specific facets of the workforce, have been continuing our daily commute to work. But it's the weekend, Sunday, a day of rest. I called up my friend and colleague, Brian Smith, an expert in exercise science, to chat about exercise, stress, and immunity. So we're at the end of April now, it's been, what, about four months since since we've had the novel coronavirus in our lives, in the U- U.S. at least. Who knows how long it's been uh, in existence. It's impacted the world physically, economically, and even mentally with the degree of stress we're exposed to.
0: You have to think about like the underlying like buzz of stress that is in everybody's life right now, right? And, and how how corrosive that is to sort of everything we do. You know, human beings are amazing because we can adapt and sort of like just settle into new norms. But I wonder just how much that, that daily boost of, regardless if you like him or not, Trump talking, you know, on CNN or like a new report coming out about, you know, novel, the coronavirus affecting people this way or that way. Or like we said, you know, um, you know, just going to the grocery store. You know, and how that's going to affect everybody, short term and long term, coming out of this. You know,
1: yeah. I mean, I mean, definitely. There's even, even in my immediate surrounding, in, in the hospital. There's, there. I feel like there's some people that take it in stride. Some yeah. workers are taking this, and some workers that are overly, uh, that, are, that are very worried and very stressed out every day. I try to go into, well, what, what causes what, what causes the other, what causes one person to severely worry so much, and yeah. another to not, and what are the implications of that, right? You know, I think um, there is a benefit to keeping, keeping leveled, keeping balanced, staying attentive to what's what's around you, and reducing your stress level, um, because uh, you know everything has an impact on your immunity, right? Yeah. everything has an impact on your immune system. So let's break that down a bit further. Even before the COVID nineteen outbreak, we as humans were not naive to stress. We go through bouts of mild to even severe stress throughout our lives, and when it becomes persistent, it can cause anxiety, worry, or other forms of dysregulation. This has the potential to throw us into states of mental and physical exhaustion, not only leading to decreased productivity, but also a weakening of our immune system.
0: Like I've been writing a lot about you know, managing like sales teams and whatnot and how like managing a sales team is really no different than managing a team of athletes, right? Because it's ultimately a performance oriented thing. And much like the, you know, what we're talking about right now is, you know, immunity and stress and all these other things, like they're all part of the same bucket, right? Right. Um, and, And that bucket is ultimately, you know, allowing your body to be, you know, more robust, or if you're in like the Taleb world, like anti-fragile, right? Um, you know, and that is essentially what exercise and immunity is about. Like, really, the whole point of it is, is that you know your body needs to be able to overcome and adapt to stress, right? And you know, essentially, the the if you don't have a, a reservoir of stress adaptations from exercise, right, your body's not going to be able to. Um, adapt to really any sort of stress um, in, you know, in any sort of adequate way. And like, that's where a lot of this comes into. It's like, you know, people don't understand that, you know, physical stress, emotional stress, it's all the same thing. Your body adapts to it all the same way, right? Right. Um, You know, sometimes the stress is so large, especially if we're talking about like, you know, childhood trauma or anything like that, where it, it drives down so deep that it ultimately is a negative reaction, right? But when we exercise, we have these quick little spikes of, of stress, all right, that allows your body to sort of adapt within a quick time frame, which allows you to sort of increase that level of homeost- homeostasis or allostasis, right? So right. essentially, before exercise, you're here. After exercise, you're here. So all these different waves of stress that you have in between, your body's able to sort of adapt uh, without a, um, cost of doing business, right? Um, and right. That, really, that's that's what all this is.
1: It's true. The benefits of continuous exercise isn't just for strength building, but also this phenomenon of adaptation. When your body in, is introduced to a new stressor or new types of exercise, it has a natural physiological response to react and increase its ability to cope with that new stressor in the future. Your immune system also reacts in this way. When you think about the immune system, right um, obviously right now what 's in, what's in the papers is all about antibody testing, and those who survive the coronavirus, do they have the antibodies or the, the, enough that they have immunity to to a reinfection? Can we harness those antibodies and, and you know, provide that to another patient that 's uh, in dire need and but I think you touched upon some other concepts you know the immune system. It can it can be broken down into uh, like two parts, right? There's the there's that adaptive component to the immune system, mm-hmm. mostly the you know the antibody reactions and things of that mm-hmm. sort, and then the the, the innate uh, aspect of the immune system that obviously work together. You know you know there's there's different types of cells and components that are related to the innate immune system, just as there are different cells and components related to the Adaptive immune system, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, um, like things like natural killer cells or neutrophils or, mm-hmm. or all these cell com- cellular components are all part of the innate immune system. And from whatever I remember.
0: By the way, natural killer cells is the most badass name of the in the body, man. It <laughs> is. So it is. That's like a Quentin Tarantino movie itself, right there.
1: The natural killer cell. Yeah, yeah there is a <laughs> there is another. I remember. Yeah, like uh, there's a T cell that's also uh, like uh, uh, a killer cell as well. But like natural killer cell is just.
0: Is that called like the berserk? cell or something. The Berserker. The,
1: <laughs> the Annihilator.
0: The Punisher cell. The <laughs> Annihilator. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Before we move on, I agree, this is a generalization that doesn't do justice to the intricacies of the immune system. But to briefly recap, well, we have the innate immune system with cells such as natural killer cells, macrophages, neutrophils that are responsible for the initial response to an invading pathogen, usually working within hours of infection. And then we have the adaptive immune system which is responsible for the creation of specific antibodies to target these pathogens and label them for destruction by a variety of different white blood cell types. This is a relatively delayed response when compared to the innate immune system. Once an antibody is created, it remains within the memory banks of our body to combat future infections from that pathogen. But yeah, so the the innate immune system is that immediate fast rapid response that you get, yeah. you know, so whether it be the release of cytokines or even those natural killer cells, you know, it's, it's not a specific response, but it's a, a fast acting, you know, within a couple hours mobilize, um, and, and try to do some damage. Right. Wow. Um, and then the adaptive immunity aspect of it is the, you know, the, the creation or of these antibodies, the, the, um, uh, rallying the, the B and the T cells to, to kind of proliferate and, and, and start that whole secondary process. Yeah. Um, then, you know, what you're talking about with, uh, exercise, I think you're mentioning exercise and adaptation. There's been a lot of studies looking at runners, both casual runners and marathoners and the adaptive changes that happen to their immune systems. But when it comes down to just runners who are just, uh, weren't running on the weekend or even people who are engaging in moderate exercise, you do get this, uh, this higher level of of natural killer cells, for example, in the bloodstream. It's true. Studies have shown that moderate exercise for bouts of 60 minutes or less have been shown to increase the body's immune defenses or anti-pathogen activities as a whole. Lab studies have shown enhanced circulation of antibodies, anti-inflammatory cytokines, natural killer cells, and other types of white blood cells in the body after moderate intensity exercise which overall improves immune defense." Um, and sustained exercise can actually increase this ability to... I think the term, the term they used was immunosurveillance. So um, increasing, even in little amounts, the presence of these um, white blood cells that are part of this immune system, innate immune system um, as a sort of a surveillance through the body.
0: Um, it's really interesting, actually.
1: Yeah, so, so there is, so actually some of these studies, so it, it goes into, you know, there's a guy named David Neiman, who's out in North Carolina, uh, mm-hmm. who seems to be like the godfather of all of this right now. I, I mean, not to downplay anyone else that's doing any kind of research in exercise and immunology, um, but it's, it's kind of an infant uh, field of medicine. Um, but the st- studies that were, that were released were all from, mainly from 1980 onward. So it's fairly and fairly new, you know. You'd say, and really in the last decade, they've been able to really do some real good studies on looking at cellular prol- proliferation, increased number of certain white blood cells in the bloodstream um, or in circulation, as a, uh, in relation to exercise. Um, so,
0: so, question for you, and, yeah. and you don't you might not know, but the um, surveillance thing that you mentioned, right? Right. So, what is the mechanism, like? Why is that happening? Right. Is it because you, because it, it has to do with sustained, right? So right. it's the idea of sustained exercise over a long period of time or whatever period of time that allows you to have this, like, uh, what did you call it again? This surveillance system, right? Right. So, you know, is it, is it, the, is the effect, the idea that because it sustains your body is just, Um, reducing resources and essentially just supplanting that white blood cell or whatever count there, because it knows that it's going to be, it's going to go through that stressor maybe tomorrow or the next day or something along those lines. Or is it like, um, like a power up or a level up of the immune system in some certain way where it's just like, like shit, we're like, we're strong. We're ready to rock. Like, I'm just going to keep this guy here at any point in time because we're like optimal. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I don't think, you know, it's a good question. I don't think they've actually even figured out why. Um, I mean, what they found was just correlational uh, evidence about, you know, exercise uh, in different subsets of populations and and the, and the presence and the concentration of certain immune, fung- immune cells in the body. Right? Maybe you can kind of comment on this from just, you know, from your knowledge of exercise sciences. You know they're, they're characterized low intensity, moderate intensity, and 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 a yeah. severe extreme
0: intensity uh, right. or vigorous intensity exercise. Yeah, I mean you know the tough part is about like and, like that's why like in sports science we use like subjective scoring, you know like you know how how hard was your workout today or something like that on like a scale of one to ten, um, because. And if you look at like Tim Noakes, like I'm familiar with Tim Noakes, he's a researcher. I forget where he's out of, but he came up with this like central governor theory. But the central governor theory is essentially is that we all have um, like a governor within our body that allows us to uh, know or allows our body to sort of trigger a response when it's just we've gone too far, right, from an exercise standpoint, right? And that's why you have some runners, if we're talking about marathoners, that – you know, are able to sort of find that extra gear. And it doesn't necessarily relate to like VO2 or whatnot, because we're talking about elite people from a measuring standpoint. If it's VO2 max, if it's mitochondrial density, if it's, you know, just like objective, like speed numbers or time numbers or whatever, you know, they're all with the same level. But why is that one person able to push a little bit farther or get like, you know, a little bit more deeper into that sort of pain threshold, right? And and Nokes came up with this idea of like a sort of central governor theory, you know, but getting into exercise and relating it to like low intensity, medium intensity, high intensity, or like extreme intensity, you know, from a research standpoint, obviously it's easier because you're, everybody's sort of within the same group. Right. But with like our general people and like everybody else, you know, how do you measure that? And how do you determine that? And how do you dictate that, you know, on a everybody basis. And a lot of it has to come down to, I mean, genetics are a, big indicator of that, right? Um, You know, cellular makeup, you know, muscular makeup, um, exercise history, you know, like you and I have exercised before. We can probably go a little farther than someone, actually we definitely go a little farther than someone who's sedentary. Um, So it's a really hard thing to understand. And even if like, you know, usually heart rate is probably the biggest indicator of that. But again, some people can get in the higher states of heart rate and be less affected I, because of you know, cellular differences and the muscular makeup and you know right. even like cardiac um, makeup and all these other things, right? So there's really no way to gauge it other than asking that one specific person, "How hard was your workout?" Right? Because the yeah. perceived the perceived threat is almost going to be greater than the actual respo- or the actual threat. Does that make sense? like if i I say like dude like this workout was the hardest i've ever done like that i I think that's gonna be like that's almost as powerful as measuring my heart rate and guessing that that's the highest my heart rate has ever gone right because for some reason if i was at you know a heart rate of 205 and i come out of that workout saying "Eh, that was like a seven you know like that's that's pretty powerful i think right because you know think about the emotional response that is coming from a workout where like i feel like i almost died right um and i think those things correlate you know i think
1: i think it comes out so uh, correct me if i'm wrong i think you're describing just different uh, different um examples of stress or just just stress in general so there's physical Mm -hmm. stress there's mental stress Mm -hmm. emotional stress Mm -hmm. um but all of that you know it's 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 funny this is one of the things i when I, when I'm talking to patients and we talk about just psychological components of their pain pain doctor. Right. So,
0: um,
1: they oftentimes think I'm, uh, just thinking they're crazy, which, which I'm
0: not, you know, you know, we, there's almost trying to talk them down off that cliff a little bit. Right. Like (laughs) I I can understand it being like, your pain's not that bad, you know, like, or like, and without being, I guess, mean, you know, or like discounting them at all.
1: But I'm also, yeah, but I'm also doing, I mean, there, even emotional and, and mental stress is a stress on the body, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like it's something made, you know, it, maybe it's, it's a narrative that you have in your mind of like, oh my God, it's, this is the worst pain I've ever felt in my life, or this was the worst workout I've ever had in my life. You know, like, chances are that's probably not true. But right. um, so that could be the narrative, but that narrative drives stress. And, mm-hmm. any, and that is maybe just as important as your physical stress. Mm -hmm. I would argue, Um, because when it comes down to it, even your immune system needs needs sort of this metabolic uh, activity to uh, function, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're overly stressing your body in in so many different ways, um, not just physical stress, but not just with worrying, but also fighting an
0: infection – yeah. Your body's now overrun with stress. and can't cope. It, it's a resource issue more than anything else, right? I mean, it, it, your body's using the same amount of resources, relatively speaking. Um, you know, for whatever stress it is. So, in like times like this, you know, especially within COVID, where you know we all have, like I said, that that like that buzz of stress going on in our life pretty much every day and sort of like weaving itself through. You know, and exercise gets really interesting because you know, obviously it's something we want to focus on. And if we can get past that barrier of working through that stress, working through whatever we have going on in our life and, you know, go run outside or something like that, understanding the level of intensity that we're working at is important right now. Right. Because exercise is good to a certain extent. Right. Right. Just like this hard charger guy, you know, or girl, and then you have this baseline of stress, which is normally in our life, say a two or three, You know, but now it's dialed up to a six or seven, and then you try to do that eight or nine workout, you know, you might get a negative adaptation, right? You might bury yourself too much, sure, which gets a negative immune response, right? Which then puts you deeper into that stress cave, all right? And then you add in the next day of like going to work or, you know, working from home with your kids and all these other things. So you end up driving yourself deeper and deeper and deeper, right? So... Um, I guess gauging our exercise intensity and, and understanding how that stress works within the life stress that we have going on right now is is really um, it's really important.
1: Well, this is what I was going to throw your way is back in your training days. Uh, yeah. Did you guys ever think about um, because I, w- I would assume you're you're training athletes to uh, to a level of peak performance that's you know beyond most people's threshold at, at times, right? So did you ever think about immune health while you were treating these athletes because I'll, I'll say what we, we mentioned yeah. before about the marathoners right so yeah. this mm-hmm. has been a uh, an, an observation that's been there since 19, 1902 i think was the first yeah. paper i read about it um where they looked at marathoners um post workouts and post the marathon mm-hmm. and they there they they were showing signs of immune dysfunction that lasts almost a week and two weeks after the marathon yeah. Because um, you're putting your body through a stress that's beyond normal threshold um, with so much metabolic demand that they were more likely to have upper respiratory infections yeah. in the week and two weeks after a, a race or even after training, a training period than the general population. Yeah. Um, how do you reconcile then some of these top athletes doing it to the point where yeah. maybe they're yeah. going
0: um, I, I um, So, I mean, upper respiratory infections are... You know, especially within the field I was working in, right? So I was working in track and field. Yeah. Um, you know, upper respiratory infections were something that, especially going into like preseason or into season, was always something you had to manage 100%. And like, you know, if you're looking at the NFL draft that just happened the other day, you see, uh, you know, an, um, upper respiratory infections in the preseason area because stress is dialed up a whole lot. Um, happen a ton and from from a sports science or um, a team medicine area, like maybe Herrera could probably touch on this. It's like a real thing. Um, You know, it's a real thing that we have to manage as a whole. But, you know, with with athletes, especially the professional ones, you know, it's a little easier to manage because most of the time they're training in a bubble, like life is a bubble for them, right? Most of the time they don't have work, they have sponsorship, you know, they have all these other things and they've created a support system around them you know, that is able to sort of help them through that. Where it gets interesting is like the general population person, you know, the general population person who has like these, you know, awesome goals and they want to lose weight and they want to do this other stuff, you know, and then they go join, you know, CrossFit and, you know, or anything to high, high intensity. Um, and then, you know, the first like three to four weeks in, they get up a respiratory infection, you know, and they're, and they're, you know, out for another two weeks, you know, um, it happens all the time uh, really and I mean, I remember I was in, I was in the military, right? Like everybody got sick in basic training. Everybody got sick. Oh, really? you know? okay. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was like, you had so many people, you know, um, you know, at the hospital or whatever have you, just because, you know, you, you have people with pneumonia and, you know, all these other things because they're experiencing the most amount of stress that they've ever dealt with in their whole entire life. Right. Right. And most of them are out of shape or whatever have you, and they just get destroyed. You know, um, and these are the type of things that, you know, regardless if you're in sports science or if you're a regular trainer or if you're just a general person who started an exercise program, at, at, you know, in the beginning, you do have to understand that the level of stress that you're about to impose on you is probably a lot greater than you've ever done in your life, you know, right. especially if you're sedentary and out of shape. Um, so you have to understand that. And that's why, like, starting slow is, is is a really important factor of all this. And it's not just to avoid musculoskeletal injury. It's It's really... To help your body adapt and recover in a state where you can trend up rather than trend up and then trend down, then trend a little bit up and then trending down. Right. So, right. and especially on the immune system standpoint, right now, super important to be able to manage the stress that you're giving yourself um, and look at this as almost a medicine for your body right now. In the same way you wouldn't take a bunch of pills, you know, that wasn't doctor recommended. I think right now we're looking for minimal effective dose all right, um, with slight increases tapered up over time?
1: Right. The answer is not, especially if you're sedentary, maybe not in the best shape, and now we're amongst this outbreak or th- this pandemic. Um, you know, I've been trying to promote uh, patients to just keep active still. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you have to exert yourself, right? You don't have to be a weakened warrior. Um, but moderate exercise. Uh, many studies that show that Uh, patients are reporting less upper respiratory symptoms when they engage in moderate exercise for eight weeks compared to those that are engaging in vigorous versus Mm. low intensity exercise. Um, There's, there's evidence that it's promoting some sort of immune benefit. Mm. Um, So not only does it uh, improve or or patients are reporting less times they're actually getting sick. um, There are also studies that looked at systemic inflammatory markers and how that benefits, how moderate intensity exercise benefits that. Mm. So, They were looking at patients who were people who were obese uh, that had a certain level of circulating, uh, like CRP, um, uh, like certain interleukins, you know, certain pro-inflammatory cytokines and and, and sort of mediators. And found that after eight eight weeks of moderate intensity exercise, um, they were able to lower those lower those uh, levels. Someone who's lean or someone who's exercising regularly. Um, they're living at a much lower baseline of those inflammatory mediators in their body, right? Yeah. So, so there, there is a benefit to staying healthy, of course, and we know that, but, the, but you can actually see it uh, through these laboratory studies. The, with the immune system, we're, we're exposed to pathogens every day of our lives. Right. It's not just that we're in an outbreak that we're exposed to this. We're exposed to every day of our lives to a whole host of pathogens, and so we need... a a balanced and functioning immune system to be able to respond to that threat all the time so that Mm -hmm. we don't get sick. Right. There has been, it's worth noting again, a lot of this, a lot of these studies on, on the effects of, uh, of exercising the immune system uh, and and the potential benefit is, is theoretical with, you know, sprinklings of evidence here and there. Right. So a weak immune system facing COVID with a weak immune system, you probably would just get a lot of cellular destruction. Right. Right. So if, if you're immunocompromised, you would, uh, you would lose a lot more epithelial cells. You'd lose a lot more alveoli. You wouldn't be able to produce, in uh, you know, engage in gas exchange properly. So you would not actually, immunodeficient patients are not mounting a proper response. They're actually just seeing a lot of their own cellular death, which is no right. Good. But then someone who has an overreactive immune response, um, you know, and when you think of, you know, overreactive immune response can be found, like we think of any autoimmune disease. And you know, if you think right. of even allergies, you know, allergies, um, rheumatoid arthritis, you know, these are all examples of an overreactive immune response in, right. uh, in different ways. But in this case, right. So um, th- what they're finding in some patients is that um, the immune response is getting mounted, but then there is this huge overreaction of it. They haven't tried to figure out, well, why do some people have this overreaction of immune response and some people don't? But there have been some studies that came out recently. Sorry, I can't find the reference right now. But that has shown that there is a there is a regulatory benefit or there is a regulatory balance to the immune system that gets uh, promoted with moderate exercise right. so so you what you don't get is this huge spike you get yeah. more level controlled it's uh, it's the process. same thing
0: with, with heart rate right so like sure. yes you're essentially working within the ranges right so when you do intense exercise you're able to sort of increase the, the overall output you know of the heart and the intensities it can work at and when you low intensity exercise you're able to decrease the overall strength of the heart right so you have lower heart rates so the bandwidth is bigger All right. And the stress is less because you have more room to work with. Right. So Mm -hmm. if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying that the more by moderate exercise, you create more bandwidth within the immune system, which ultimately is going to allow your body, even if there is a storm, right, to adapt to it quicker and easier and more efficiently without uh, a bigger cost at the end.
1: I think one of the problems that we have right now in our daily lives is that we react to micro stresses all the time. And I think you mentioned yeah. this in the beginning um, where, you know, back in, back in prehistoric times or, or whatever, it was literally just, Oh, there's a predator. Here's my stress response. Let me, yeah. you know, run, mobilize and run. Now, you know, we read the news every day and we get stressed. Yeah. Right. But our body has no idea yeah. what stress that is. The body has no idea that is that, is that a predator running towards us or are you just reading something in the newspaper? Who knows? All it knows is that your body's under stress and it tries to mobilize and react and react and react. And so when you put someone through continuous, continuous stress, you're not only making your sympathetic nervous system hyperreactive, but you're mm-hmm. also working at a very depleted level. You're, you have, if you have this constant release of cortisol, constant release of stress hormones, you're, you're depleted yeah. daily. Yeah. And so – now now give yourself an infection on top of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and your body's just gonna not be able to react or just overreact.
0: Mm-hmm. So um I mean, I think and that's also comes down to why exercise is so important, right? Because in, in you know, when you're exercising, you know, you know, well, first off, look at the mindfulness aspect of it, right? So regardless of meditation or whatever, it allows you to sort of control the the stress response that is governed by here, right? Like right. so when you do read that article in the New York Times or whatever you know, you're able to sort of like rationalize that and understand it and sort of understand your feelings a little bit more, you know, but regarding with exercise, it really ends up being a controlled environment where you can teach your body how to work at, you know, higher stressors, but in an environment which is completely owned by you, right, where you can dial it back down and you're able to sort of regulate it as needed, right? I mean, dude, life doesn't happen that way. You know, like you can't control, you know, a family member passing away or a financial issue in the household or something like that. Right. Those things are, you know, unmanageable. Right. But if you understand how to handle stress, you know, and again, this could be by putting yourself in different situations, right. This could be running a marathon. This could be doing an adventure race. This could be who knows, like anything that's in a controlled environment allows you to understand you, your body, your stress response, your emotional response. So when you when life sort of attacks you with that like gigantic stressor, you understand the response. Even if it's just psychological, you understand the response, you understand how to recover from it and you understand how to adapt to it. Right. So when you're talking about everything being in play, it really is everything is in play, right? Like we're life is handing us all these different stressors and we, it's up to us to figure out how to handle them with the um, like, with the least amount of response i guess does that make sense
1: right no no so i I mean i think it comes down to you know so what do you tell the average person during this crisis what do i do how can i do more right so um maybe if if they're staying at home they're working from home maybe not feeling quote-unquote essential i hate the word i keep using it but um it comes down to yeah a couple of those things that we just kind of mentioned so obviously we have our Hand washing, our, our social distancing rules, our quarantine uh, policies, and things of that sort. Um, but to stay essential is is also you need to stay healthy, right? So, um, one of the biggest reasons why oh not uh, why COVID is such a big problem right now is obviously it's a novel coronavirus, so it's new. Any any new virus to our that's introduced to our um, to our population has the ability to become a pandemic. Um, Fact of the matter is, majority of people are going to have flu-like symptoms, and maybe that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the scary thing is, we do have a subset of population, especially the elderly, um, and especially for some reason, some young, pa- some young individuals who are who are, are getting severely affected by this, and they don't know why. Some of them have comorbidities, you know, they have heart disease or diabetes, you know, uh, uh, diagnoses that that pretty much mean they ha- they're living at a high level of stress to begin with, right? St- uh, or a high level of inflammation to begin with. Um, so then what can you do at home? You know, obviously, we're all pushing the coping and the meditation strategies, of course. Um, but exercise is so important. And I think that's why kind of we kind of got together to chat about this, is that there is actually proven evidence that exercise can not only reduce the the concentration of inflammatory circulating inflammatory mediators in your body but they can also um they can also improve the strength of your immune system and there's actual data to show that it can prove certain levels of white blood cell uh, count. it can improve the regulation um uh, of the immune function in your body it can improve it can lower the chance of you even uh getting upper respiratory infections or symptoms um, So there is benefit to exercise even in during during this time at home.
0: It's a good point. Um, You know, and I guess if I could like leave like, you know, this on something is we're all athletes right now in a certain way, right? Like we're, we're all competing against something, you know, so exercise now and we all go to this place, right? It's you know, of, oh, I'm eating too much or I'm drinking too much. I have to exercise. And, you know, like it's a vanity play, you know, in a lot of ways for a lot of people. Um, and coming out of COVID, you know, it it needs to be a, like a performance thing, right? It needs to be like living a better life thing, right. you know? um And that's the way that we have to look at this right now is... You know, regardless of, and I I don't want to be that person that's going to be like, you need to have this program and you need to be doing this. And it's all bullshit, right? Like, I think right now, any exercise matters as long as you understand the level of intensities you're working at. All right. Right. And then understand that no matter what, quite honestly, nothing you can do can be anywhere close as worse as getting sick, right? Right. So, you know, regardless if it's working or riding your bike or doing jumping jacks or doing CrossFit, it it doesn't matter, right? At this point, we just need to do something. Understanding that if it's the best thing to get your six pack or is it the best thing to make you stronger, excuse my language, but doesn't fucking matter right now, right? Like what matters is the fact that your body is going to be able to perform better, all right? And better right now means making you more robust, to fighting off something that could potentially kill you or your family right like that's all that it's about and we all need to look at it that way you know corporations when they're working with their employees understand that right now it's about them supporting the livelihood of their employees right not from a financial standpoint but from a well-being standpoint right, right. and your spouses and your children and all these other things you know um there's not much that we can control right now um but exercise and performing better um is that one thing that, that we can 100% control, which will have a short-term effect on making your body you know, more robust to fighting this, but long-term, it would just make you better in general.